This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We started our Bible quiz, and I know we touch on the quiz often when we connect with you on a Thursday. Today we were asking, uh, according to the book of Proverbs, what is the beginning of wisdom? And it sort of feels like that ties in very nicely with the, uh, the situation that we're discussing here this morning about saying, well, the Lord can be the Lord of my life over here and over here, but some of these things I'd like to hold on to, please, if that's okay. I don't really trust God so much with this. I'll take care of that. Brad, and, you know, uh, yesterday when, when you and I were just uh, connecting about uh, today's theme, um, I mentioned that when the Luzon Congress uh, for World Evangelization met here in Cape Town in 2010, um, one of the slogans that they used um, was the slogan, unless Jesus is Lord of all he is not Lord at all. Now, mm. that's, quite a, that's quite a bold statement to make. Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And of course, there's, there's truth to that statement. You know, Jesus, as we've just heard in the song before, you know, we started talking today, you know, Jesus longs to be not only the Lord of our Sunday lives, not only the Lord of our prayer times and holy lives, but Jesus longs to be Lord of, of every part of, of our lives. Now, this week I was reading again um, one of the parables, Luke chapter 6, um, verses 46 to 49, the, the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. Mm. Uh, we all know that, that parable about the person who built their house on sand and the person who laid a foundation in rock. And, and of course, that's often how we remember that parable. But the, the pericope, that passage, uh, the narrative actually begins one verse earlier than, than that parable. So, so the parable itself uh, starts more or less around verse 47, but 40, verse 46 is actually the beginning of that. Now, mm. listen to what Luke writes there. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Brad, when I read that, I, I just, I said, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me for being untruthful for being unfaithful forgive me for for confessing you with my lips but not putting my whole life my whole body all of my resources uh, everything that i am and and have behind uh, that confession now maybe just to say one or two things about this word lord because i think it is quite a loaded uh, religious term I, yes. I often speak to my students about suitcase terms you know that need to be opened up and unpacked now, the term Lord uh, comes from the Greek word kurios, and it has this sort of divine connotation. Now, generally, a Lord was a, a sort of a title, uh, like in, in English, uh, you know, British monarchy that was mm. given to someone who was special. But it began to change, you know, more or less two centuries before the New Testament um, in that sort of intertestamental period when uh, Greek began to become the sort of language of the ancient Near East. And the Hebrew people, uh, the Jews, who had already an established Hebrew Bible, began to translate the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. That's what today we would call the Septuagint. This is all in the test, by the way, so uh -huh. make notes. I am studying. <laughs> and and the, the, the translation for, for the Tetragamenton, that's what we call Yahweh, uh, you know, Y-H-W-H without the vowels yes. in Hebrew, uh, the translation for that that was adopted was the word kurios. And so we can already begin to see there that it changes from just someone who is special, someone who has authority, to someone who is divine, someone who has the attributes of the divine. 
Now, if we think about the God of, of, of Christianity, the God that we encounter when we read the Hebrew scriptures, you know, this is a God who is all-powerful, a God who is all-knowing, a God who is all-present, mm. but also a God who is all-loving. <clears throat> and in Jesus, we encounter this particular Lord, you know, the one who is present at the beginning of creation, but the one who was also there on the cross, who died and gave his life, who went into hell and freed everyone from death and sin and rose again to eternal life. We also encounter the Lord who will be the great king at the end of history, uh, who rules over all of time, all of creation, and all of people. Now, when I think about that, Brad, then that little verse in Luke chapter four, uh, Luke chapter six, verse 46, just gains new weight. Mm. You know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So this week, I've been incredibly strongly convicted, you know, unless Jesus Christ is Lord of all, we cannot call him Lord at all. And, and I really want to say, I've been praying to the Lord, to Jesus to say, Lord, please, would you become the Lord of my life, mm. the powerful Lord of my life? the loving Lord of my life, the directing Lord of my life, because your ways are good, uh, they're better than mine. Dion, it feels like there has to be an explanation that each of us ought to be able to give as to why we don't allow Jesus to truly be the center, why we can not fully submit, uh, not fully surrender. Is it, and, and I think it's, it's different for each person, and I'm not sure if we're all prepared to actually do that introspection and answer that question for ourselves. Why not? Is it it's not convenient. We, we don't trust him with certain things. We think we're okay and we don't need his help. I, I'm sure you've pondered about these kinds of things over the years because this is, this is in a way sort of Christianity 101. You know, we all say Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Uh, but yeah. um, it's, I wonder what, it's different for each of us, but why we're, what's the issue? What's holding us back to fully submit and fully surrender? Well, Brad, I, you know, I, I agree with you entirely. I think, you know, we, we sometimes uh, lack the ability to do it because I think we lack the, the imagination. Now, let me just quickly explain this to you. I, I think that um, we, we lack the kind of Christian imagination to really imagine Jesus as an actual Lord, just as not even as as God, but just as a, as a very powerful ruler. Um, now, I, I've had the privilege by virtue of the kind of work that I've done over the years to, to meet some important people. I've met state presidents and I've met, you know, very important and famous people. And, mm. and there's something about that, you know, when you, when you meet, you know, Nelson Mandela, for example, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's something about being in that person's presence that, you know, okay, this is not this is not straightforward. There's something special here. Yes. And, and I think we lack the imagination. We, we haven't actually taken the time, just that time in our quiet time, that, that time on our own to say, Jesus, you are actually Lord. You, you were the one who spoke all of creation into being. You hold all of creation in being. You are its beginning and its end. You are its purpose. You are the love that drives it. And you are here. You are present with me. I can see you. I can feel you. Mm. I can know you. So cultivating that kind of imagination, I think, is one thing. But the other thing I think is, Brad, you know, to ask yourself, if Jesus were tangibly, physically present as Lord with you today in your workplace, more powerful than your boss, mm -hmm. more powerful than load shedding in the economy, if Jesus was with you today, what, what would you do differently? How would you revert to him? How would you ask him to guide you, to lead you? What would you not do? What would you do in your conversations on the phone, in your meetings, in your engagements with people, in your driving? 
And I think we need to cultivate that kind of imagination to say, Lord, you are present. You are with me. You are here. And, and you're powerful and you deserve my love. You deserve my deference. And, and I'm going to give it to you because I love you. That's a really good way of doing this because we think of, oh, God is present and, and he's everywhere. Then we immediately start to feel guilty. Oh, I did this. I did that. Then it becomes more like, you know, this babysitter that's waiting to put you on your place as opposed to really living life to the full. So maybe that part of, of it as well, Dion, we see it more as, a, as, I don't know, spoiling your fun or getting in there and making you feel guilty about things. And, and so we need to move through that as well. But I think that's just come through maturity. But we also maybe perhaps feel like that. Brad, absolutely. And, and, and in addition to that, I mean, I think one of the other ways in which we deny the Lordship of Christ is we begin to t- treat Jesus like our employee, our servant. You know, he is here, but he's here only to answer my prayers, to, to get things done that I need to get done. And of course, you know, because he's our loving Lord, he, he loves to do that. He loves to, he loves to care for us. He loves to change the world with us and in us and around us. But, but there is just that sense in which, you know, at some point, exactly as you said at the beginning, you know, Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when we speak about that kind of fear, we're saying it's not, it's not being afraid. It's not being judged. It's just the recognition. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't exist if it weren't for this loving God who is with me now. It's just that awe to say, Lord, you are Lord. You, you, you are Lord of all in my life. And I want to submit to you today. And as we wrap this up, Dion, this is then about time in the Word. Because if this is about obedience and doing what He says, we need to know what it is that He says so that we can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it, you know, I, I always, uh, you know, uh, joke about this. I, I think, you know, I, I don't know, maybe maybe my perception is wrong. Maybe there are more people who still do, you know, really faithful daily quiet times. But I do that. I have to do it. I have to spend time reading the scriptures every mm-hmm. single day. I have to spend time in prayer because it's just too important not to do it. You know, yeah. if, I, if I don't have that, the day goes my way, not God's way. Thank you so much for this. Um, this feels like for some, this might be the start of a brand new journey and for others, maybe just a little bit of a recalibration just for us to look at our lives now, do some introspection, say, hang on a moment, here, 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 and here, this needs to change. So maybe for some, this is uh, the start of a brand new season. Amen. And, and, and if that is the case, or if it's a recalibration, you know, just to encourage our listeners to say Jesus is with you and his spirit is within you and he wants to guide you in this journey because it is good for you. It's right for you. It's right for the world. So lean into him, lean on him, and, and he's going to be with you in this journey. Beautiful. That's Professor Dion Foster. Thanks for your time, Dion. Off you go. Have you got classes to get to? Classes today and a few meetings and yeah, looking forward to a good day. Take care and thanks for your time. God bless. Bye then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.